Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast from Cleveland.com. Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and we're going to do quarterbacks. And really mostly Deshaun Watson today. We think we're going to save a backup quarterback discussion for another pod. But let's just talk about this briefly because news did come out Thursday, Mary Kay. You have a story up at Cleveland.com about this, that the Browns, are having some other guys in to look at. People may or may not have heard it by now by the time you start listening to this podcast, but just tell us what you know as we sit here and record at 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Well, as I had been reporting that they were going to sign another quarterback. So we, uh, we've been writing that for uh, you know a couple of days. Um, and, uh, so, and I wrote the other day that um, I've got trucks going down the street, if you can hear them. <laughs> can you hear them we're, we're good on the trucks, I mean, we're I in a little yeah. construction zone here so um i might need to close my window so bear with me for a second um why do they always do this at three o'clock <laughs> i don't know they're always going to do it at three o'clock but lo and behold okay so um we're getting a little tour of my house here <laughs> as i close all of my windows all right so anyways <laughs> Back to quarterbacks. So I had I had written the other day that they were not expected to pursue Jimmy Garoppolo, even though uh, the 49ers supposedly formally gave Jimmy permission to seek a trade for the second time since March. Um, and then I have also been writing that, um, that they were not going to be interested in Cam Newton and, uh, you know, a few other things along those lines. So... Uh, today they actually had in a couple of guys for, for workouts. Uh, and that was AJ McCarron. We all remember AJ McCarron back from the, uh, crazy trade and Scott wrote about that or the crazy no trade and, and Josh Rosen, who we remember obviously from the 2018 draft. So those guys are in, and it's my understanding that if they sign one, you know, they're looking for somebody to, to bump up ahead of Josh Dobbs, their current third team quarterback. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but that's, the way it stands right now. Okay. Scott, does this make sense to you that they're exploring this? Yeah. Um, I think once you get past Jacoby Brissett, uh, you have some serious questions. And if Brissett's the starter, uh, having Dobbs as the, the primary backup, I, you know, clearly the Browns have some concerns about that or else, you know, McCarron and, and Rosen wouldn't be, 
wouldn't be working out. And Pickens are slim, man. I mean, I did a list of free agents out there, and McCarron and, and Rosen were on that list. And you know, guys like Mike, uh, Mike Glennon, uh, obviously um, Kaepernick's still out there. Uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Um, who knows what kind of shape and you know he's in at this point. Uh, just everybody out there, obviously, is going to have some question marks. And you know, we got a couple guys that. Uh, at least have started. Um, McCarron, though, does not have a lot of experience, um, despite the Brown, <laughs> lots of effort to get him in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, you got to bring in somebody. You got to have another quarterback there, even if it's a guy who's behind Dobbs. But I think just for peace of mind, you would hope that it's somebody with more than 17 career passes Joshua Dobbs has thrown at this point. <laughs> Cam Newton's such a name, Mary Kay. We saw how things went in New England last year. Does that feel like any possibility? And just like, what would you think of Cam Newton in a spot like this in Cleveland? Well, you know what? I have come to the, uh, the, the knowledge, coming to the knowledge that they are not really pursuing or interested in Cam Newton either. Um, so he's also one of those guys that they're just not really looking at right now. And I think, um, you know, it does have something to do uh, with, you know, with the fact that he did struggle last year. Uh, let me look it up again. I looked this up a little while ago. Um, and that was that he did go 0-5 in, in Carolina last year. Uh, and he had uh, four touchdowns and five interceptions. It just, it just didn't, just didn't go well. So uh, they watched him struggle there. And I just don't think that he's somebody that, that they're really looking at right now. Okay. And when I was putting together that list of free agents, one of the things I found on Cam is him expressing that he's still, he wants to be a starter. He thinks he's a starter. I do not see him wanting to come to a situation like the Browns where he would be installed as a backup, especially coming in camp after Brissett's been here all this time. Yeah. And then if they were going to hand it over to Cam Newton, that just wouldn't make a lot of sense. So, Okay. So let's talk about Deshaun Watson. We've been doing our frequently asked questions at cleveland.com about various positions, and we have not really had a quarterback uh, discussion at length yet. I do think, Mary Kay, this is maybe the most interesting question about Deshaun Watson, and it's, will he be rusty after not playing last year? Whenever he gets on the field next, how long will it take him to get back to his previous form? What do you think of that, Mary Kay? You know, I mean, I know he's been working out really hard. You know, it's different to get in a game and to get hit. And we know that he hasn't played a game since December 2020. That's that's going to be a long time by the time he gets back on the field, depending on how long his suspension is. So I think he, he will, in some respects, have to shake off the rust. But I don't know if it will be physical rust as much as it will be just mental rust from not necessarily knowing these players, not knowing this terminology, this coaching staff, this city, just everything about it is going to be so new and different for him. I mean, just seeing him as we did through through OTAs and minicamp, he's in shape. I mean, he's in really good physical shape. He's been working very, very hard. Uh, so I don't think it's that. I think it's more so just getting acclimated uh, to everything new around him. Scott, what what do you think of this idea? And and the thing that intrigues me a little bit is that 
we do because of the pandemic, we do have a sample size of professional athletes missing a full season, not because they tore their ACL or tore their Achilles or have some major injury that they have to rehab from. They just didn't play. And then they came back and they did play. So this is without the pandemic, I think we'd be searching for what we do. Hey, someone do a story on when's the last time a player missed a whole year when he wasn't rehabbing from a major injury, right? It just wouldn't happen that much. Um, But it has happened with some guys. Do you have a rust view on this, Scott? Yeah, but how how many quarterbacks sat out that year or or missed a whole year because of COVID or opted out? I don't, I that that's makes it a little different. uh, Just the position and what he'll be asked to do. Um, I don't know. I mean, he looked pretty good during during mini camp and and OTAs. You know, we all kind of just we saw it right away. Um, just how well he throws the ball, and um, you know, it was evident that that this is a guy who's different than uh, throws differently than than we've seen in previous seasons here with the Browns. So I I don't know. I think the fact that he isn't coming off an injury is is important. Having not played the year now, if it ends up being two years, then I have. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about that. If he's suspended for an entire season and now you're, you know, you're sitting out that long, but he looked good. He's, he seems healthy and the health obviously is the most important factor. So I, I don't know. I, the fact that he's been here so long that this isn't a trade that just happened. He, he's been here throughout the entire off season at this point. Um, even though Kevin Stefanski says they're constantly tweaking and trying to adjust the offense. I would have to believe that they have a really good handle on what they want to do on this offense with Deshaun Watson um, as training camps ready to begin. So I'm, I'm not as concerned about the rust factor. I think all signs are pointing, assuming he plays that, that things will go pretty well. When you guys got eyeballs on him, did, I mean, was there any part of him that looked, Oh, he's got to get back in the groove or did it look like, Oh, nap, nap, day, he's ready. He's good to go. You know what? There, there were a couple of days. I think we all looked out there, and there were some seven and seven on sevens where you know he he didn't complete every single pass. But I mean, there are so many extenuating circumstances for that. I mean, you don't know exactly what they're working on. You don't know if the receiver was necessarily running the right routes. You're working. You're you know rolling a lot of different guys through there. Uh, so I you know it, it was certainly nothing to be concerned about by any stretch. I mean, he just looks the part of an elite quarterback. You can just tell the difference when miles Garrett steps onto the practice field, you can see that he's so much different than, you know, than your average football player. And it's the same way with Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is right up there uh, at that, you know, hall of fame type level that miles is. Yeah. There was, there was at least one practice where, where I know I felt he was off. That might've been, I'm sure it was a day when news broke about, his case because it seemed like news broke every time we were out there watching practice. Um, but it was, it was rare. And I think there was more conversations between him and receivers over things that, that were going on, which made you think like, there was just kind of like, we're still getting on the same page kind of thing more so than uh, he just, you know, is not throwing well. So I, I will say, and I, and I was hoping to do a little more research on this, um, but my daughter had the Kardashians on and, and I hate that show. I hate it. But still, sometimes if I'm eating my peanut butter sandwich for lunch and it's on, I'll sit down and watch it and I get mad at it. And I start shouting <laughs> at the TV. Why is this a television show? It's so contrived. They're going for a walk on the beach. What family goes for a walk on the beach? And like, this is ridiculous. So I didn't do my research. But 
I am intrigued by this idea of sort of having a rest year in the middle of your career, which we saw happen with guys in the pandemic and multiple sports. And the guy that I had the reference point for, it's only because he's on my fantasy baseball team. And it was Buster Posey, the catcher for the San Francisco Giants, who sat out the entire 2020 season and then came back in 2021 and like had his best offensive season in about eight years. And then he retired. So he was in his mid thirties and he's a catcher. And that's obviously a different thing than a quarterback in his twenties. But Mary Kay, I think beyond rust, I am on alert for the idea that Deshaun Watson, when he gets back on the football field, it's not rust that you see. It's he's refreshed. His body feels like he's, he doesn't have aches and like you just, you spend a year or 18 months not getting hit. And I feel like that might not only be, it's not going to be a negative. I think it might not be neutral. I think it, there's a possibility that it's a plus. And I'm almost intrigued by, could we ever get to a point where some 30 year old athlete says, I'm taking a year off. I'm giving myself a refresh year because it's such a grind. I've been doing this for eight years and I'm going to give myself a break now so I can keep going longer and feel good. I, I th- I'm wondering, Mary Kay, if, if we might not see a Deshaun Watson that is healthier, not rusty. He's what's the opposite of rusty. Yeah. Rejuvenated. Yeah. Rejuvenated. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he got sacked a fair amount in his uh, in his career with the Texans. So yes, I mean, not taking all of those hits, not taking those blows to the head, not getting beat up for a while, there there can be a tremendous benefit uh, to taking a year or a year and a half off. So I think from that standpoint, from a physical standpoint, uh, he absolutely can be rejuvenated and, and revived and refreshed and all of those kinds of things. I do think it will take a little bit of time, you know, once again, to just kind of get in the groove, to get in the flow, to get acclimated, but it might not. I mean, he could go out in his first game and throw four touchdown passes. I mean, he might just be that hungry and that ready. Uh, so, you know, that that's part of it too, is that he has to get mentally ready. And we know that he's going through a lot of different things. He's doing work off the field uh, to make sure that he's in the right place. We talked to him about that at, uh, you know, at OTAs. I mean, he knows that he's got to, uh, as he mentioned, you know, he's got to have his, his mental side right. And, you know, he's going through, uh, you know, a lot of the off the field stuff right now too. And you you do wonder how is that going to impact him? Is he going to be able to, you know, dial some of that out, you know, keep some of that away from uh, from himself when he tries to get back on the field? So there will be a lot of factors at play when he gets back out there. I mean, also part of the mental side is just, being in front of uh, of a defense and and you know game speed and dealing with that and making adjustments and and making your reads it's a lot different than practice he hasn't done that in a long time he practiced all year so like throwing and just the physical nature of of that um you know yeah he'll be fine but it's getting back out there and everything's happening fast and um i have to think there's going to be some adjustment there and I, you know, they'll use the preseason for that. Cause even if he's suspended, he should be able to play in the preseason. Correct. You know, he, I'm still getting clarification on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can definitely practice throughout training camp, but okay. at this very moment, I've had a few conflicting reports on whether or not he can play in a game. And I asked again for clarification on that today. So I'm holding off on, I, th- I think I mentioned that he 
cannot play in the preseason games, but I'm not 100% positive about that at the moment. But I do think that um, that full force of taking that hit again that you're going to take for the first time since the end of, of the 2020 season, you know, I do think that you do have to adjust to that, especially when you're used to it, used to it every single year of your career. And then you're away from it for a year and a half. And every year, these guys get bigger, stronger, faster. And so I do think there, you know, there might be a little bit of like shaking out those first few hits. How many times in the last 20 odd years have you wanted to take a refreshing year off, Mary Kay? Hmm. <laughs> Not many for me, but uh, she got a refreshing just five get days away, in Europe. Five <laughs> days in Europe. Think about it and Enough. just be away from the Browns. Yeah. yeah. One of these years. Um. I found maybe a better example than Buster Posey. So I don't have to say that to Sean. Hey, Deshaun, is there anything you could learn from what happened with Buster Posey? Steph Curry. Now, that wasn't COVID related, but he had the year where he, two years ago, where he got hurt and he played five games. And then he came back the next season, which was, which was not last season, but the year before, and averaged 32 points per game and led the league in scoring. And then last year, you know, then this past season, he led his team to the NBA title looking pretty darn fresh at 33 years old. So he sort of had it basically a year away, right? After 10 years. Now this would be, you know, Deshaun had it after five, but also basketball and football are different things. I do just think I, I'm, I bet Scott, when you, when you, you know, see the Sloan conference and these analytics conferences where people are always presenting papers where they process different things. I would be, I hope somebody does something on athletes who miss at least 85% of a season in the middle of their career or something like that. What happens next? Because again, I don't want to, nobody wants to see players not play, but we see a version of it in the NBA with load management, right? The idea that Mm -hmm. they're trying to rest you while you go. And I don't know that. Well, I hope we don't because it would be bad for the fans. I hope we never get to a point where it's like, Hey, I'm going to the Browns game today. Do you think Deshaun Watson might play or might he take a load management Sunday? I hope we don't get to that point. But we've seen athletes in the modern era try to manage their bodies in a different way. And I think it's possible that Deshaun Watson is going to come back and look like a 23-year-old, right? With the knowledge, with the football knowledge of a guy that's been accrued, but with a body that feels really, really good. Like that feels just, again, reinvigorated. So anyway, it's just- Well, another another example you could- possibly use would be Kareem Hunt because, uh, you know, he, he was out for a year. He was suspended for a year. Now I think it's different when you're talking about different positions, uh, you know, but running back is one where uh, you really could use some of that wear and tear off of your body. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, I mean, he came back very strong. I, I didn't think that he really had too much rust on him. And, uh, and like you said, I think it will be a little bit of a trade-off. I think that there will be some things where uh, it benefits Deshaun and then a few areas where, where he's going to have to get back into the flow. I think there is load management in the NFL, and it's a version of it that happens in practice. Mm. Um, you see Treader and, and Joe Thomas and um, even Joel Petonio, guys who would just you know take the quote-unquote veteran day off and just not you know be out there participating so they can be ready to go on the weekend, obviously it's not as, you know, drastic, I guess, as the NBA, but the NFL is a lot more physical and, you know, that week of practice um, can take a toll as well. Um, I, I, this conversation just make me think like we're really trying hard to spin this uh, 
Deshaun Watson potential suspension as a as a positive. Oh, like, no, he's no, gonna no. be so healthy. No, 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 no. I don't yeah. think I mean, yeah, no, he's already missed the year. He missed the year yeah, not in Cleveland. So that's the year. No, yeah. yeah. It's like uh Andrew, Andrew <laughs> and Kevin, is it almost a good thing that Deshaun was suspended for eight games? Because he's gonna be so fresh in November. Uh, no, I'm not spinning that. I'm yeah. just I am legitimately again, nobody wants to hear about anyone else's fantasy team, but like coming off that COVID year, in my baseball fantasy league, I was very interested in drafting players who didn't, who missed the year before thinking, I wonder if you catch them with, with a refreshed body. I think I finished eight out of 10 though. So probably, probably nothing to it. Um, <laughs> all right, quick break. We'll come back. A couple more questions on Deshaun Watson next on the orange and Brown talk podcast. Dougley Maurice back with Mary Kay Cabot and Scott Patsko. Dan, this is not one of the questions that you left. We try to do the questions that Dan left for us because you know, we've been writing these frequently asked questions posts. This is one of my questions, um, and it's related to a lot of other things. We'll start with you, Mary Kay. Again, Deshaun Watson is a pretty established guy, but he really has he's only played three and a half years in the NFL. Right. He's made 53 career starts. He's 28 and 25 as a starter. Regardless of the rust slash reinvigoration discussion, just in general, in the arc of his career, Mary Kay, how close do you think we, how much of Deshaun Watson's ceiling do you think has already been reached? Or, you know, when the Browns got him, it's like, hey, when this guy's on the field, he's at, at least a top 10 quarterback in the league. Is there just another jump potentially out there that because it's like, well, you know, he's only in his mid 20s, he's only made 50 some starts give him more experience and and he can even get significantly better and move up the ladder of NFL quarterbacks. So, or is it like, you know what, three and a half years in, you kind of, we know who you are and that that's pretty darn good on its own. No, I mean, I, I think there's definitely still room for improvement. I think he can be- get better. I mean, the last time he played in 2020, he led the NFL in passing yards and he finished uh, with the second highest rating in the NFL. So he was already uh, pretty high up on the on the food chain at that point. But I think that that's what, what he can be. And I think he is, you know, up there almost in the, not quite, but almost in the, you know, Tom Brady category where, you know, you can sustain your greatness for a long time if you have the right things around you. And I certainly think that this Browns team has a good enough supporting cast that he can sustain success at that high, high level for a very long time. So I certainly don't think that, you know, he's reached any kind of a, a peak and, you know, is going to be leveling off or heading down. No, I, I think uh, he was just ascending and I think he will stay at that very, very high level for a long, long time. I, I do think, and maybe this is just like my perception or misperception, Scott, when I thought about the Browns getting, Deshaun Watson, when I just had the football conversation in my head, I was thinking about him of, as what he's been. And as Mary Kay said, the last time he was on the field, that was really good. I really didn't think about like, well, what if he's only 75% of the way there, right? You know what I mean? I, it, it's, <laughs> he's such a good player. He's such a talent upgrade. He's just everything he can do. The Browns have never really had a guy like that. But I'm trying to think, like Scott, I don't know. This is a very positive Deshaun Watson podcast. I, I didn't come out to say, you know what? Let's just try to put a bow on every little thing and have the best possible scenario for every Deshaun Watson question. I'm not trying to do that. There wasn't an, an intent here. 
Mm-hmm. But in the football conversation about this guy, Scott, is it possible that this guy could maybe still be the best quarterback in the NFL? Like, is that, yeah. Yeah. Is that I mean, what the ceiling is? That's why you give him a huge guaranteed contract, no matter what it is, um, you know, whatever that final number is. That's why he, he gets the big five-year deal, you know, worth hundreds of millions of dollars because the assumption is that, yeah, he, he has not, reach his potential um and i mean you look at what he did in 2020 he had a great year the texans overall did not they were four and 12 and yet as a quarterback everybody i mean he he uh there was a point where uh people were talking about him in the mvp conversation but they were not going to give it to him because the team was so bad um you know he had a he had a great year and that rarely happens on a team when the team plays so poorly so you take him off that and you put him on a good team and again, two and what three and a half years of football in the rearview mirror, that's it. So you're, you're banking on him being that guy and just ascending there and not having those things holding him back like everybody else around him and, and you know, 2020, the last time he played. So I think, yeah, they're totally uh, going into this with the, with the idea that they're going to get the best years of Deshaun Watson. Um, whether or not that was going to include this year, who knows? I do there think is, go, go ahead, Mary Kay. There is one factor that that I think that we need to to address, and that is the fact that this will be the first time in his career, including college, that he is going to play in very cold weather situations and had, you know, just adverse weather. And, you know, maybe there won't be a ton of it all the time, but you know, not just in Cleveland Brown Stadium, but just being up here in the north, playing in the AFC North playing the Buffaloes and the other teams and, you know, all the teams in this division. I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts his career and how much of an adjustment that's going to be for him. We know what happened when he played here uh, in that horribly windy game. I mean, he was somewhat neutralized in that game. Uh, You know, there's not eight of those games every year, but it still, I think, is something that must be addressed. Remember, he didn't have a running game in that in that game either, which right. which really hurt them. The Browns obviously did, mm-hmm. right? You, but you, just now, in, now just he in has terms the of running game, <laughs> just in terms of who he is and what he can do and what he can accomplish and what he he will be capable of, he's not going to be indoors. He's going to be mm-hmm. outside in crummy weather a significant amount of the time. So he is he's had three and a half years as an NFL starter. Aaron Rodgers in his fourth year as an NFL starter won the MVP. And that was a decade ago. Aaron Rodgers has now played 10 more seasons past his first MVP award when he started 15 games and they were 14 and one with him as the starter in the regular season. Again, this may just be how I thought of it, but Scott, when I, when I thought, of the Deshaun Watson trade, when you, when you got past all the obviously very, very relevant and important off the field issues, and you just thought about it from a football standpoint, I don't know that I thought, huh, what if he like wins an MVP kind of early here and then plays at an MVP level for another decade that, that you're getting like 10 years of a guy who is arguably is in the conversation as one of the three best quarterbacks in the league every single year. Now, Aaron Rodgers is the highest possible comparison here, right? Mm 
But I guess, like, is that out there, right? That w- What we're seeing with the age of quarterbacks, if you hit a peak sort of in your mid to late 20s, and then in this day and age, you can then extend that peak for another decade, that your peak is from like 26 to 36. That means there's potentially a whole, there's 200 games of incredibly high level Deshaun Watson football out there. Is your answer, duh, what are we talking about? That's the whole reason they did this? Am I? Did I just miss it the first time around? That I was sort of like, oh, the Browns got a good quarterback. It's quite controversial. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but he sure seems like a good football player. But I did not immediately go to, man, he might do this for 12 years in Cleveland. And I'm just realizing this in the last 15 minutes. Maybe you were there the moment the, the trade was made. First off, I appreciate you saying that the Packers were 14-1 and one with Rodgers as quarterback instead of saying Rodgers was 14-1. and one. As a starter, I, I, I mm. noted that and I appreciate the way that you phrased that. Uh, number two, uh, of course, that's out there. Um, that's what the Texans were thinking, you know, prior to the last couple of years. That's, uh, you know, they, they hit on something right out the gate and they knew that they had a good quarterback. And I'm sure the thinking and they, you know, signed him to a, an extension. And they, the thinking is that he's going to be the guy for, you know, the best case scenario, you know, we're talking decades. So, um, I would assume that again, the, the Browns are going into that with the same thinking. And once you get past everything that's going on right now with them off the field, um, yeah, that's there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts there. Um, and hoping that, uh, all these issues do not pop up again, but yeah, that's why you give somebody 230 million guaranteed. You, <laughs> you're expecting him to be here and be good for a long time. And I guess that's the thing, Mary Kay, that in the modern NFL, we have seen the greatest quarterbacks be able to sustain success for 15 years, right? This is not Aaron Rodgers is, is not the exception, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of high level guys. Not, now, Tom Brady's the exception. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's going to play into his mid 40s, but to play into your late 30s at a super high level, the best of the best at the quarterback position with the way the game is officiated now, with the way the game is called. That feels like a realistic thing. And the thing, Mary Kay, in a world where the Browns have been recycling quarterbacks since they came back to Cleveland, right? They've never had that opportunity. And when you go back, you know, when Bernie Kosar was playing, man, it was, you weren't expecting quarterbacks to last 15 years at a high level because your body was getting beaten up and the defensive players were allowed to tee off on you and that kind of thing. It's like the Browns, Mary Kay, in this era of quarterback longevity of long-term quarterback excellence have never really had a guy take a run at that. And the idea of not just settling the quarterback position down for five years, but for 15 years or 12 years or 10 years, it's, it's franchise changing, which again is why I guess we're here with a controversial quarterback. I don't want to say controversial. That's with accusations off the field that are very serious. That has created a controversial situation and he's getting $230 million guaranteed. That's why they're doing it, because it's a potentially decade-long investment. Absolutely, 100%. This was a very unique opportunity to go out and acquire one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, that can nail this thing down for you over the next decade or more, and, uh, and someone that can deliver Super Bowls, everything that this city has wanted, everything that this team has wanted and has eluded them all of these years. I mean, this, this is it. You can't, you cannot find these guys easily anywhere. And, you know, they, they did 
also at least inquire about make some attempt to to get Russell Wilson this offseason. That's where the bar was set for them. The bar was set at elite Super Bowl Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. That's where it was set. They weren't going to go after the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. Uh, they wanted someone, if they were going to do this this year, uh, they were going to get someone like that. And that is exactly what they see in Deshaun Watson, what most people see and what most evaluators see in Deshaun Watson is that caliber of quarterback. And certainly, uh, you know, you expect to have it over a long, long period of time. Their quarterback situation for 2033 might be solved, right? Like that's the thing that kind of blows your mind a little bit in a Cleveland context, mm-hmm. because that, could- that's, that's just, again, as the, th- the thing I always said is, man, what if the Browns are good? We at Cleveland.com, we had never experienced what if the Browns are good in the digital age, right? Man, when we sort of at Cleveland.com in 2013 transferred from a newspaper focus to a digital focus, guess what? Mary Kay Cabot's the most read person on our site because she's excellent at what she does and because people care about the Browns that much. They were terrible. It's like, what if they're good? And we didn't know. And it's like, oh, what happens when the Browns are good in the digital age? People are ravenous for Browns coverage. We've now figured that out. What happens in the modern era when you settle your quarterback with a high level of excellence for 12 years, Scott, it changes everything about your franchise and the Patriots and the Packers and plenty of other teams, not all of them, but plenty of other teams have found out what that's like. What happens when you lock down a pro bowl level quarterback and for 12 to 14 years, you don't even have to think about it. It changes everything about what you do. It's not just about getting rid of the quarterback jersey with a bunch of names. Baker did that for four years. Now, what if what if somebody what if this guy can do it for twelve to fifteen? We don't know what that fans don't know what that looks like, Scott. They don't. No, the longest quarterback here was ten years, and that was the first quarterback. (laughs) So it's been a long time. Brian Seip was here for eight years, and you know. Then after that, it's just, yes, lots of starts and stops. And you don't have guys who have that really long career in Cleveland. And uh, I mean, look, a big part, you mentioned the the jersey, even though Baker Mayfield was here for four years, knowing that that jersey was a thing and knowing that first 20, you know, 18 years or 19 years of that franchise, of this franchise after the rebirth was a thing where they just kept recycling through that, that really, that played a big role in where we are right now. And the fact that, you do take a big swing like this because it's been so long and you just, you don't know what that's like to have that, that quarterback position solved for, for a significant amount of time. I'm going to take it a step further. You guys, uh, I don't think it, it will just be franchise changing. I think it can transform the entire city. Okay. Cleveland right now is, is on the cusp of trying to revitalize its downtown, revitalize its lakefront, and and try to just bring energy and life to that whole area. I've seen the plans, okay? And it is pretty phenomenal. If you have a quarterback that can consistently win and put Cleveland on the map and make this uh, just the, you know, marquee NFL place to be from a football standpoint, you know, with all kinds of night games and, uh, you know, primetime games and all that kind of stuff. And Cleveland is even more of a destination going forward. Uh, I, I think that's what it can do for, for your city, not just for your franchise. I think if Deshaun Watson is as good as 
the Browns believe he can be, and as he appears to be, and he is able to overcome the off the field stuff. And somehow that can get, uh, you know, a smaller place in, in the history of Deshaun Watson going forward. Uh, and he can start to really win big for this football team and, and win a couple of Super Bowls. I think it changes everything about your city. I think you, uh, you know, I think you end up with, I mean, if it, if it were me, I've said this before, I, I'm going for the dome. I'm going for uh, the, the kind of facility next time around where you can host a Super Bowl in Cleveland. I think it puts you on the NFL map. I think it puts you on the world map. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think it changes everything. I think you got to get Super Bowls here in the city. I think you've got to get them in general. And, and I, I just think it could mean everything to Cleveland. The odds that Deshaun Watson winds down his career playing in a dome in Cleveland in a Super Bowl. 90%, 90%, I'd say. Uh, Bernie Coe's are eight and a half years, basically done by the time he was 30. And now in a world where, and obviously everybody's career is different, but in a world where playing into your late thirties as a starting quarterback, if you're great is not unusual. I feel like a little bit like this conversation was like, Hey, you know, what's good pizza. Pizza's good. Everybody's like, yeah, I know pizza's good. Everybody agrees pizza's good. But sometimes you really have to say, yeah, but how about that cheese? And then talk about cheese. And that, oh, toppings, though. At the crust, how important is the crust? And sometimes, even if you know pizza's really good, if you delve into it for 20 minutes and really think about why it's so good, yes, Deshaun Watson is potentially, we all knew why the Browns got him with all the other very important things. But the football skill is why he's here. But I still don't know if I thought about it in terms of 2034. They probably did. Maybe we're all thinking that way now. Last thing, more Deshaun next. I'm on. I almost. I almost said Buckeye talk. <laughs> I'm doing. I got there's six of them going around. I almost never do it. I'll leave this in next on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Doug, Mary Kay, Scott, last one. This frequently asked question, burning question, even you might say about uh, the Browns and their quarterback situation and Deshaun Watson. Again, we're going to save kind of the backup discussion because we might have something else a little bit more planned for that, a little more uh, of a deep dive. How can Deshaun Watson hurt defenses with his legs? This part of it, Mary Kay, we understand in the modern uh, modern NFL how much of a, you know, that of a boost that can be, you see stuff breaks down and Josh Allen, there he goes and stuff breaks down and Lamar Jackson, there he goes. That part of Deshaun Watson's game, he is a thrower. He is a deep passer. He is an accurate passer, but how much do you think his running ability can and will factor in to what he does as the Browns quarterback? I I think it will be very big. I really do. I, I think, you know, I think you'll see the design runs. I think you'll see the RPOs. I think they will take advantage of his dual threat ability and not be afraid of it. I mean, he already has uh, one torn ACL from when he was a rookie, but you can't live in your fears. You've got to go out and you've got to play the game of football. And I mean, it is the wave of the present. Many, many quarterbacks now, the successful quarterbacks in the NFL are running and throwing uh, with equal measure. And that's just, that's just where the game is going right now. And it will be invaluable. And I think that the Browns will know how to, how to deal with it, how to coach it, how to call it. And I, I think they will embrace it and you will see plenty of it. I do think Scott, and I'm sure there are numbers on this. I'm not asking you to have them at your fingertips, but it does feel like sometimes when you're just watching highlights, you're watching, 
you know, something you're skipping through what happened in the NFL on a given weekend. A lot it feels like sometimes the big plays, the plays that everybody talks about, the things, the convert third down conversions that matter. They're they're off platform. They're out of the pocket. They're not the the play that was called. And there's using your legs to actually run, and then there's using your legs to make those kind of throws. I guess I don't know if you have ever gone through numbers that quantify that. Do you just have a, a, a sense of that from how you watch that, that that does seem to be an ever growing part of the NFL. Okay. That first thing's not there. Now, Mr. Quarterback, go make something happen. Yeah, actually I do have numbers on that. Oh um, my God. I didn't want to put you on the spot, and make it, <laughs> but I knew you did. I knew you did. So in 2020 uh, Watson had 431 yards. I was seventh among quarterbacks and he often has a lot of yards rushing, but he doesn't have a lot of, or he hasn't had a lot of designed runs. At least he didn't with the Texans. He had like seven more designed runs than Baker Mayfield had in 2020, which is like, that's a smaller gap than you would think. You would assume Watson would have more, but it just wasn't very much. Um, I, I think everybody kind of expects that to change. Um coming into coming into this season. But even if it doesn't, the way that Deshaun Watson really hurts you is what he does when the play breaks down. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's they actually there are websites that keep track of this, just broken plays and efficiency wise, being able to come up with a successful play. Um, he was ranked in the top 10 in 2020 in dealing with broken plays. And then, uh, Guys in front of him are guys like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. These guys who you think of as as quarterbacks who are threats to get out and run. And more importantly, they're like they're mistake erasers. You know, we saw that with Lamar Jackson when he played against the Browns last season. Just things go wrong. He just he makes something happen. Um, But he also throws well when he's on the run, which is something I don't know if a lot of people think about, like uh, catchable passes. Like passes to receivers that should be caught. Um, he is ranked twice in that uh, in that percent. Like when he's throwing on the run, when it's a broken play, he's been the second best quarterback in the league twice, and mm. once he was third. So he's always been really good at just making something happen, whether it's with his legs or actually completing passes um, on the run. And by the way, uh, the guys he was ranked behind, uh, Russell Wilson. And then in 2020, he was behind Joe Burrow uh, in that as far as throwing on the run. So, again, good company, and he's consistent with that. And, yeah, when he's on the move, that's, you know, again, that's something the Browns haven't had a lot with uh, with a quarterback. It's just somebody who just makes things happen when things are falling apart. I will say, and, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, but in the, Baker, in the Baker Mayfield era, when Baker was in rhythm and on target and – play action and maybe it's a designed rollout and that's great but all that's when he was at his most effective it felt like Mm -hmm. and then when it's like okay well up the guy you know beat the tackle and got into the backfield now you've got to evade the sack and now here we go i don't know that a a lot of browns i think browns fans in general loyal browns fans who love baker in those situations were kind of like uh-oh and there are quarterbacks when okay they shuck off the first sack attempt and then it's like, here we go. That you almost like when that happened. It's like, let's that's freelance. Let's see what happens. That that is such a backbreaking difference, Mary Kay, to a defense of when we do something good, but we don't get the guy on the ground. 
Now what? Do we still feel like as a defense we're in control of the play or are now we back on our heels because we don't know what this guy is going to do? Do you agree with that general assessment that maybe with Baker that just he he wasn't as dangerous when things broke down and now with Deshaun Watson, he might potentially be more dangerous when things break down? Absolutely. One hundred percent. And I think in the beginning, you know, we all perceived that Baker was, uh, you know, was going to be good at that where he could throw on the run. And he could to a certain extent, but I think then defense is caught up to him. I think that they really just figured out, hey, he's not that fast. We can commit a defender over there. You know, we can shut this down on him. Uh, and so they did start to take away the keeper game. And that's not going to happen with Deshaun because he is, as Scott just pointed out with the numbers, uh, so incredibly you know, accurate in those kinds of situations where the play breaks down. And they're not going to be able to take that away from him like they did with Baker Mayfield. He has the size and the speed. Mm. If he needs to stay in or get, you know, be behind someone, he can still see the field. You know, Baker had to get out um, or he was going to struggle. So I, you know, I just don't think they're going to be able to take that away from Deshaun. In the beginning, like I said, I I thought Baker did a good job of, of throwing when he was out in space, but you know, then, then when that was gone, when that dried up, he just didn't have a lot of bullets left in the gut. Okay. That's our frequently asked questions about Deshaun Watson. We're, we think we're going to do something with the backup quarterbacks. We got to, again, we're recording this. It's almost four o'clock on Thursday afternoon. They have guys in town. Maybe they're going to sign a backup quarterback. We, we want to discuss how, good the situation behind Deshaun Watson is compared to other teams in the NFL because nobody needs a better backup room like the Browns. Nobody else is waiting for their starting quarterback to be suspended for the start of the season. So how good is that group? We want to do that. We will do that, but we saved it. We didn't include it on this podcast. Read cleveland.com slash Browns. Oh my goodness, be a Browns insider. How happy will you be? Go to cleveland.com slash Browns, click the banner, sign up. I, I bet you it's worth your money. And if it's not worth your money, D. Maurice at cleveland.com. Send me an email and tell me why it's not worth your money. And I'll say, what? What? But I'll be respectful. So um, I would try it if you've never tried it. And if you have tried it, thanks. I bet you like it. For now, for Mary Kay Cabot, for Scott Pasco, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. <laughs>